This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life, featuring the expository story preaching of Dr. John Katzian. Baldhead Bible Podcast is committed to keeping our show free to the public. However, as with everything, there are expenses involved, so if you would like to contribute, head on over to patreon.com, that's patreon.com forward slash baldhead bible, and there you can become a supporting member for as low as $1 a month. While there, please check out some of the bonus material available only to our BHBP supporters. And some of that material includes Bible study guides to help you use the podcast to minister to your children, to minister in a Sunday school class, and to have some quality family devotions. He stormed into the throne room. I can imagine the doors boof, burst open. And he walked into the throne room there in Samaria. And all the guards around the king, you know, I don't know, are they dropping? Boom, boom, left and right. They don't touch this guy at all. Maybe they don't see him. I'm not certain. But this guy walks in. And he walks right up to the throne. And there he is, King Ahab sitting in all his glory, thinking he is the coolest king ever. And this guy takes his bony finger and pushes it right into King Ahab's nose and pushes further and further. And then... He says this, listen, King Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel lives in whose presence I stand, pushes his finger even further into his nose, there will be no dew or rain during these years except by my command. And he removes his finger turns around, and walks out. What? How did this guy get in here? Who is this guy? And he just... I'm King Ahab. I'm the greatest, meanest king of northern Israel that northern Israel's ever had. And this guy just walks in here? Who in the world is it? What? I can imagine King Ahab's like, what in the world? What? <laughs> and he starts to cry. <laughs> and he throws a fit. 
I can't believe this guy. And he's yelling at the guards. Why didn't you kill him? Who, who is this? <laughs> and he throws a fan. And he starts to cry out, Jazzy, Jazzy, Jazzy Bell, Belly, Jazzy. In storms Jezebel. What is it, little Ahab? What is it, Ahab? What is it? I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. She maybe picks him up because I can imagine Ahab is just a short little dude, you know, with little legs. And she cuddles him and takes care of him and says, what's wrong, little Ahab? What's wrong? And he says, this person stuck his finger in my nose and it hurt, by the way. And he told me it's not going to rain as the Lord God of Israel lives. It's not going to rain. But that can't be true, right? That can't be true because we serve Baal and Baal is in charge of the rain. Baal's the storm god, right? That's what you told me, Jezzy. And I can imagine Jezzy's rocking King Ahab back and forth. And she's petting his head, putting his crown back on his head. And Jezebel's saying, don't worry, little Ahab. Don't worry. Yes, Baal is king of the storms. He's the one who takes care of the rain. He's the one who blesses us. Not this Yahweh God, no, don't worry. She pets him on the head and, uh, 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 and Ahab stops crying. Uh, uh. She goes, don't worry. We'll find this prophet, this man. I know he smelled really bad and he, and he had itchy clothes, you know, and Ahab's going on and on about how nasty this guy was and how mean he was and just about, don't worry, don't worry. After we're done here, we'll go hunt him down and then we'll kill him. Ahab's like, oh, that sounds good, Jezebel. That sounds good, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. That sounds awesome. We're going to hunt him down, and then we're going to kill him. Well, now that's a different story, right? Well, God, Yahweh, the one true God. He says enough is enough. This house of Omri, they think they're big stuff. Remember, Omri was bad, and then Ahab takes it to a worse level. Well, Yahweh says, enough. I'm done. I need somebody to take a stand. I need somebody who's going to stand up and do the miraculous for me. And he looks around northern Israel... And he says, you know what? I have the very guy. His name is Elijah. Man, if I could be like Elijah. We're going to hear his story for the next couple weeks here on the podcast. And I've spoken about him before. So if you want to go back and listen to those earlier podcasts, you can. But we are going to meet a man a prophet, an ordinary dude who said, God, I'm going to stand up with you. When the culture is streaming in the opposite direction, when the culture is full flood, pushing that way, I, this lonely fish, is going to swim upstream. This one little spider is going to go against all the hordes of the spiders going in that direction. I'm going to go east. You're going west. I'm going east. You're going left. I'm going right. Why? Because God told me. 
When the rest of the culture goes this way and God says, I wanted to go that way, I'm going to follow Yahweh. Because Elijah means Yahweh is my God. Yahweh is my God. And so Yahweh says, I need you, Elijah. At this point, Elijah was living in a place called Tishbe. And he was probably a farmer just doing his thing. And and, and and he says, hey, you know what? I'm farming away. and But God comes to him and says, I want you to be my prophet, Elijah. And the first time we see Elijah is right here in the throne room of King Ahab. Now, he's just this farmer in Tishbe. And again, Tishbe is this little town east of the Jordan River. And it's not anywhere near the big New York City, Las Vegas, Seattle, Los Angeles of its day called Samaria. Samaria was where if you wanted to be cool, you had to go to Samaria. This was cool. But God goes to this little town called Tishbe. And he goes to a farmer. God says, I want your heart, Elijah. And Elijah says, you've got my heart. I want to be your prophet. He's just a farmer. He's just an average dude. But God says, will you stand up for me? You know, the culture is going bail. But will you stand up for me and stand up for Yahweh? I mean, Elijah, which again, literally means Yahweh is my God. He stands up and says, yes, I will do it. So Elijah leaves his farming, leaves his life in Tishbe, and he starts to walk to Samaria. And I think it might have taken him a couple days to get to Samaria. And he comes up to the gates of the capital. And then he comes up to the gates of the palace. Now, how are you going to get in to see King Ahab? How are you going to do that? Imagine it. Here comes this hairy, stinky, wild beast of a dude out of nowhere, this farmer. And he walks amongst the beautiful streets. And he just walks up to the gates of the palace there in Samaria. He gets all the way to the throne room and no one stops him. I mean, how'd he do that? I would be quaking in my boots if I had to do that. But to go in the spirit of Elijah, I'm going to answer your call, Lord. The other culture says worship Baal, worship Asherah. I know there is only one true God, Yahweh, and I'm going to worship him. And I'm going to be your standalone guy. I am yours, God. I'm going to stand up and do what is right, no matter what others say. And he walks straight to Samaria. And he walks into the palace. And he walks right past the first guard. And I can imagine the first guard's like, hey, who is that? Smells a little bit like, is he a beet farmer or a... Oh, what is that? I can imagine Elijah says, I am accepted in the king. I can come in and talk to you. You know, sort of like in Star Wars, when Obi-Wan says to the stormtroopers, um, there is nothing to see here. And the stormtrooper says, there is nothing to see here. And he looks away. And I imagine Elijah's the same way. There's nothing to see here. And the card's like, there's nothing to see here. In fact, I smell nothing. And in walks Elijah. And he goes past the next guard. Or maybe God just drops him. Boom. That guard's down. Boom. 
that guard's down. Or maybe God just makes him invisible to these guards. They don't see him. They may smell him. Man, that's an odd smell, but I don't see anything. Elijah just walks past the first guard, walks past the next guard, walks past the next guard, and then, boom, kicks open, I imagine, the throne room doors, and he walks straight in, and he stands before Ahab. And he essentially tells him this, your God is worthless. My God is wonderful. See, back in that time, they believed that gods were tied to certain areas. So so they think Yahweh is maybe a God of Jerusalem or God of the mountains or he's God of a certain area. And they were used to gods of hills or plains or valleys. And they believed Baal was the God of the rain. Whenever it rained, they thank Baal. Whenever the crops grew, they thank Baal. Why? Because you need water from the rain to grow the crops. And every time they thank Baal, they were worshiping an idol. They would worship Baal in acts of child sacrifice. And they would do terrible things to get their God to answer. But their God was the God of the rain and of the skies. But here's Elijah, who says essentially, you know what, Ahab? Your God is nothing. And you know how I'm going to prove it? My God is going to stop the rain. And my God is not going to let it rain until my God says for me to say to you, it's going to rain. He's essentially saying to Ahab and Jezebel, it's not Baal. It's not your idols, but it's almighty God. He's the one who provides the rain. He's the one who provides the sunshine. He's the one who provides the beautiful wind. He's the one who provides everything you have. It's Yahweh who you should be following. It's Yahweh who gave you blessing after blessing. It's Yahweh who gives you bountiful crops. It's Yahweh who's protected even northern Israel over all these years. It's Yahweh who has blessed you and and you don't even deserve it. And yet God blesses you. And what do you do in return? You ignore Yahweh and you run after other gods. You're bad, dude. You're bad. And to prove to you that your God is non-existent, Yahweh says it is not going to rain until Yahweh says it's going to rain. So then Elijah, he leaves, walks past that first guard, walks past that second guard, walks past that next guard, gets all the way out of the palace. Then I'm wondering if he's thinking, man, I was just farming a couple days ago and I walked to Samaria. God, now what do I do? That's, wow, I can't believe what I just did. Man, I just want to say, you know, if, if God calls you to do something and you know it's from the Lord, It's going to be the greatest adventure ever. Here, Elijah goes from just farming, and farming's great, and maybe he loved his job, but here he is in the face of the mightiest king in the area. Here he is doing things for Yahweh, and he's seeing miracles happen already. Man, if God's called you to do something, trust him, because he's going to take you on an adventure you can't imagine. 
Well, he gets out of the palace and God says to him, all right, I want you to head east, east of the Jordan River. You got to get out of here, Elijah. And I can imagine Elijah's thinking, east, are you sure? East of the Jordan River, that's one of the most inhospitable parts of the country. But wait, no one would think of looking there for me. Brilliant, I'm going to do it. So starts Elijah running. Maybe he just walks really fast and he starts heading east. He starts walking past the Jordan River. And as he gets closer and closer, God says, I want you to go to a little brook or a, a little wadi, this little creek called Cherith. And I want you to find a comfortable spot because you are gonna have to hide. Oh, Elijah's thinking, I can handle that. Cool. Shady spots by brooks and rivers. I, I can handle that. Elijah's talking to God. Who doesn't like fresh spring water? I've often wondered, why don't we just bottle that stuff and sell it? Hey, you know what? Great idea, but we'll talk about that later. And then God says, and then... You're going to have to hide by this brook Cherith in this inhospitable area. Nobody's going to find you there. You're going to be drinking from this brook Cherith, and it's going to be beautiful, lovely spring water. And Elijah's like, yeah, I like this. This is good. This is good. And then I'm going to have ravens feed you. Isn't that great, Elijah? I'm going to have ravens feed you. And I can imagine Elijah's walking along. You know, he's gotten past the Jordan River. Wow, ravens feed me. Okay, awesome. What? What? The raven? Those nasty crow things? They're like the worst animal ever. Yes, 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 I know, I know, God says. But listen, they will feed you. So Elijah, I can imagine he finds a big tree with lots of branches if he wanted to, he could sit up in the tree. and Or whenever he wanted to hide from Ahab's army, he probably went way up into the tree. And then maybe he could come under the tree and sit on the ground and enjoy some shade. But he found a nice big tree. He falls asleep because it's exhausting. Man, he did a lot. He spent a lot of energy. And he's now on the run, and he's a hunted man. And no matter how much he trusts in God, this is a scary thing, and that's a lot of stress. He's having a lot of mental health problems today, I'm sure. But he put his ultimate trust in Yahweh, and he's hoping and resting on him. The next day, after finding this beautiful tree by the brook Cherith, he wakes up, and he... Man, and he goes to the brook, and... Oh, that's the water drip down his chin. This is good stuff. But man, I'm hungry. I could use some breakfast. And then, craw, craw, in flies a crow. Craw, craw. But, you know, it's not a caw, caw, because he's got something in his beak. And, craw, craw. and then all of a sudden, the crow opens his beak and, boo, flunk. Elijah looks down and picks it up. Hey, it's a bagel. And it's toasted with cream cheese on it. Hey, thanks, crow. And he oh, starts eating it. Mm. Whoever put this cream cheese on it, I like this. This is good stuff. Mm. Mm. And then crow, 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 crow. And then comes another crow and opens its feet. Clunk. Something else falls. And he picks it up and, oh, it's a nice sizzling piece of mm, yummy bacon. Well, Kosher bacon. Mm, yummy kosher bacon. And he eats that and... Oh, he gets hit with an 
egg. Come on, Raven. Good try. I appreciate the help. But man, you hit me on the head with an egg. And it cracks on his head and he licks it a little bit. Oh, it's not bad. But here comes another crow. And it's a boiled egg. Oh, that's, that's much better. Thank you. And, and then he starts to feel peckish for lunch. And then he starts to feel peckish for supper. And I can imagine for supper, in comes a, a raven flying in. Phew, clunk. Something sizzling on the ground. And he picks it up. Oh, it's a little hot. Ow, ow, ow. And he puts it on a plate. Ow. Oh, it's a big, juicy steak. Still sizzling right off the grill. And I can imagine, phew, plop, plop, plop. here's some A1 sauce. Oh, thank you so much for that. And he starts to eat. I don't think God barely kept him alive with these ravens. I bet Elijah ate good. I can imagine these ravens are flying around and, and all of a sudden they'd fly in and then whoop, take the choicest meat off somebody's grill. Whoop, take the nicest piece of pie off of somebody's windowsill and they'd fly over there and they'd drop it right there at Elijah's feet or they'd land and they'd start walking towards him and block, they'd put it there and maybe the ravens would even stop and stare and stare at the food, and then stare at Elijah, and then stare at the food, and then stare at Elijah. Hey, you gonna give me some? I brought this to you. And maybe the ravens started to become friends with Elijah, and they all sat around and ate together. It says that in verse 6 of chapter 17, the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning. And that word bread there is this universal word that can mean any type of food, really. It, it doesn't just have to be bread. And he brings him Whatever it is, plus meat. I just think often when God works the miraculous, he provides in astounding ways. Like I said, I think when Elijah was being provided by the ravens, he ate good. I don't think it was just little morsels of bread or worms or maggots. No, I think he ate steak, eggs, <laughs> bagels. Anything that, of course, I'd like to eat. But I think Elijah ate good because the Lord took care of him. And remember, at this point, God said it is not going to rain until Yahweh, I, God, say it's going to rain. So guess what? It whoop, ceased to rain. So Elijah runs away and he hides. And King Ahab and his wife Jezebel are out looking for him. Well, guess what? Baal, the storm god, couldn't get it to rain. And I can imagine Ahab and Jezebel in their spare time when they're not hunting for this guy named Elijah. They're busy trying to get Baal to do what they want. They're busy at the tabernacle trying to get what they want. They're busy talking to the major news channels to twist the story. Hey, it's not Baal's fault. It's not raining. In fact, it is raining. And they're trying to turn the news in Baal's favor. I don't know. But guess what? It's not raining, which means we have a drought. And everything's dried up. And the crops aren't growing. And the food is not flowing. And people are beginning to get hungry. And we don't know how long Elijah hid here. It could have been months. Up to a year, maybe. It could have been a couple weeks. We're not certain, but... Northern Israel began to suffer. No food. The water was starting to get scarce. People are starting to go hungry. 
but by the brook Cherith, in the most inhospitable place you could imagine for Elijah to hide. God is feeding and providing for Elijah in miraculous ways. And one day Elijah wakes up. And he goes over to the brook. Oh, I got to get my morning cup of coffee. Well, I mean, my, my morning cup of spring water. And he sticks his face in to drink some spring water and... Oh, it's sand. The brook Cherith dried up. Oh, no. Famine hitting Elijah. But God, you said you'd take care of me. If I can't drink water, what's going to happen next? Well, if you come back next week, we'll find out what happens next to Elijah. But I just want to encourage you, no matter what age you are, I pray we see more men and women, boys and girls, who stand up in the spirit of Elijah. As the culture starts to go against biblical Christianity or against what the Bible teaches, you may have to stand up like Elijah. Remember, Elijah means Yahweh is my God. Elijah went in and did the dumbest thing. And he challenged power right there and stood in the face of King Ahab, the smelly farmer from the backside of the desert. But he stood there. Why? Because Yahweh told him to. And Yahweh provided for him. And Yahweh said, if you're going to stand up for me, I'm going to stand with you. Don't get discouraged when your friends are few because you're standing for the Lord. Don't lose hope. Stand for truth. And remember, the second point is this. It's going to be fun to see how the Lord provides, won't it? Man, this is an adventure. How is God going to miraculously provide for you? Is he going to use ravens or dogs? How is he going to provide for you? How is he going to provide the finances you need? Hey, I lost my job because I stood up for what is right. Well, you did what was right, and you did it in the spirit and strength of the Lord, and you are standing like Elijah. Be excited. How is the Lord going to provide? I don't know. But it's going to be fun to watch and see. I pray that you and I stand up like Elijah and trust Yahweh and speak for him. Let's be Elijahs of our day. Thank you for listening to Bald Head Bible Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. You can comment on our Facebook page or email us at baldheadbible at gmail.com. If you would like to support this podcast, please check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash baldheadbible. Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life. New episodes added every week.